my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Su. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. iHeartRadio presents Podversations, a weekly discussion with the biggest names and influencers in podcasting. Want to learn the secret psych-up rituals Scrub star Zach Braff and Donald Faison use before every fake doctor's real friends taping? How Vice News parachutes into war zones to rescue journalists from life-threatening situations? Or why Keegan-Michael Key and Blumhouse believe 3D audio is the future of storytelling. Whether you're a newbie trying to break into the podcast game or an exec trying to refine your playbook, Podversations is the easiest way to keep your pulse on the industry. Welcome to the speaker series. My name is Giselle Vances. I am the head of the My Cultura Podcast Network, and I am joined by a, one of my favorite creators, Dramos. Hey, Dramos, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for having me and uh, paying me that, that compliment. One of your favorite creators. Wow. Of course. I think you know, <laughs> I like to say you're one of our founding fathers, one of our founding creators, right? Yeah, yeah. It definitely, it definitely feels that way. I feel like we, we've kind of, you know, gotten this thing off and running together. And it's been a, a great process, uh, you know, throughout the last, what, couple of years at this point, which is crazy. Yeah, you were one of the first content creators to launch a podcast with our network 
back in mm. July 2021. Yeah. Wow. It doesn't feel like that long ago, but it also feels like so much has happened in between. So it's a beautiful thing. We've done so much. You have two podcasts with us, Life as a Gringo mm -hmm. and The Street Stoic, which yeah. uh, congratulations on both. And as you know, My Cultura is one of the few networks that really elevates and celebrates our voices, our story, mm. our community, our storytellers. You know, I wanted to start back to like that July moment, but even a little bit further back to... Sure. When you first heard about the network, what yeah. was your first reaction to a network that really celebrated us? And why did you think it was the right home for you? I was ecstatic. You know, I think for me as a creator, it was kind of like I knew what I wanted to speak about, you know, and I knew the type of commentary that I wanted to have. I, I knew that I wanted to start being able to move into a place of, of really just being authentic and not having to conform. But, you know, prior to Michael Tura and, and, you know, coming from the world of radio that I existed in prior to really podcasting full time, it was as if I had to keep kind of changing parts of myself to adapt into this sort of pre-existing mold that, that, that was already existing, you know, and that was getting frustrating for me, you know, so it was just kind of at a point where as a creator, as a creative, not knowing what I was going to do next. And then, bam, I, I hear the news about Michael Duran. It was just kind of a very serendipitous sort of moment where it was like, man, this could be the thing I've been looking for, you know, where I can speak to my community and, and speak to it from my unique vantage point within the community. And, you know, I think it's been a beautiful sort of showcase of the diversity that exists within the, the Latin community as a whole. And what I'm most excited about or most proud of is the fact that we're representing so many different facets of an incredibly diverse community. And I don't think think anybody feels like they have to change who they are to exist within it, which is a beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned radio. So yeah. tell us a little bit about that. You got your start in radio and sort of how did that lead you into podcasting? Does it feel similar? Does it feel different? Does it feel natural? Yeah, I mean, I, I, what's ironic is I, I was doing podcasting like years ago in my mom's basement, basically, you know, like before even radio was like, on my radar as an opportunity. I just remember like being really into the idea of this sort of, it, it felt like an act of rebellion almost, you know, from, from traditional format and you can talk about whatever you want and there wasn't, you know, this censorship. It was a very underground kind of thing. And then, you know, getting into to radio and that was a beautiful experience because I think it taught me how to hone my voice a little bit, how to tell a story, how to, you know, sort of get better at the technical aspects of it. But I still always, I think, longed for the freedom of, of podcasting. But uh, I look at radio kind of as my college experience almost, you know, that was like my years really learning, really kind of just grinding it out. Um, I was fortunate enough to really learn from some of the best, particularly, you know, with The Breakfast Club, getting to be around people who are literally Hall of Famers within their own industry. You know, I feel like that definitely has led to my comfort in being unapologetically myself, you know, seeing them be that way, speaking directly to their community, seeing people like Charlemagne start a, a black podcast network, you know, and being unapologetic about it, you know, and really harnessing those those voices, I think, showed me that I can have a place we can carve out our own niches and find success doing so. So I think radio prepared me for some of, I think, the boldness that you need to have in order to go out into the podcasting world and really want to make a difference by by being unapologetically yourself. I think radio, like I said, was like that college learning experience for me, honing my, my craft a bit and then being able to sort of take the, the reins off when it came to podcasting and just kind of go all in on my own voice and, and being truly creative uh, without any limitations. 
Yeah, that's great. And you've definitely gone all in. You have two yeah. shows with us, as mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier, Life as a Gringo and The Street Stoic. Tell us a little bit about each show and, and what makes it so special for you. Yeah. I, so Life as a Gringo is obviously the first one. It's like my baby. It's it's kind of my personal diary, if you will. You know, it's the sort of core of it is my experience in my otherness, you know, sort of not feeling fully ingratiated into the, my Latin community, but also, you know, being reminded that I'm othered by, you know, my upbringing in suburban New Jersey, you know what I mean? So that gray area was kind of the the core of the show. And, you know, sort of, I guess now there's a lot of other terminology for it, you know, the Nosabo kids and things like that, that I think uh, relate a lot to my story of, you know, not speaking perfect Spanish and being shamed, you know, by your family for it. And, uh, and I think that journey into finding comfort within your own skin and and not sort of feeling like you have to conform to some asinine standards set by, you know, God knows who at this point. We don't know who's the who's the one sort of setting the tone for why you have to speak Spanish or why you don't or whatever it might be, right? Like it's really just about authenticity at the end of the day. And I think within that, it's um, a journey of somebody finding themselves on a, on a regular basis, the one that we're all on, the never ending journey that is personal growth. And I think that that's kind of become the, the core of life as a gringo. And then to me also providing with sort of the Thursday trends um, sector of it, we do the two episodes a week, one of them being about, you know, stories directly affecting our community. That was important to me as well, being able to provide people with sort of a one-stop shop to really feel connected to what's going on within the Latin community. And then the second one, the Street Stoke podcast is a, a daily podcast that's, you know, just meant to inspire people, you know, and it combines my love for for hip hop with my love for ancient philosophy. And again, it's sort of existing in that otherness of, of showcasing things that aren't traditionally supposed to go together, but actually fit perfectly, you know, and that's sort of me being able to inspire others using the language that I've been taught, you know, through music and, and the culture that I've been brought up around. Yeah, that's great. with the show because of the title. I thought it was just <laughs> a great title that kind of talks about the in-between, right? Yeah. That in-between space that we all feel, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're what they call the 200 percenters, right? Like we're mm-hmm. American and then we also rep for our flags. Where did the title come from? Like, why did you gravitate towards that specific title? So the story that like sticks out in my mind of the actual like being called a gringo is me being in Puerto Rico, like 18 or 19 years old, hanging out with my my aunt who is around my age, which is a whole nother story. But we, we go out to like a club or a bar one night and I'm going to go meet up with her friends. We're going to hang out. She's like showing me around and I meet one of her friends. I instantly fall in love with her and I'm like trying to hit on her and my my aunt introduces me and she's like, you know, this is my nephew from the States. And this girl sort of without even blinking an eye just like says, oh, so you're a gringo. And it was like ingested. It wasn't meant to be like this deep cut, but it was also like one of those things that's like a half joke, half serious type of thing where it's a reminder that, you know, even though you feel at home there, you're oftentimes viewed as other because, you know, you're not necessarily viewed as like 100 percent, you know, pure within the culture. Right. I wasn't born and raised in Puerto Rico. My Spanish is not great. Things like that. So they view you as as something other, you know, and I think for me, you know, growing up in the otherness of, of growing up in an, you know, in a town 
town that was predominantly like Italian and Irish, my one thing that I could fall back on was like, well, you know what? Like they can have their stereotypes about what a Latino looks like, dresses like, talks like. But I know when I go to Puerto Rico, like that's home for me. You know, my father's very proud. We, we brought me up on a lot of Puerto Rican tradition and things like that. So this was like a punch to the gut because it was like a reminder that even though I thought these were kind of my people and this is the one place I could really let my hair down, it's a reminder that I don't fit in here either, you know? So that was sort of the word gringo just stuck in my head from that moment on. You know, originally this was a book idea that I just had while driving one day. And then, you know, you and I got connected to, to start talking about podcasts stuff and, and pitching ideas. Um, ironically, life as a gringo was still kind of like that thing in the back of my mind. It wasn't even like the thing I was leading with because I still was like battling that imposter syndrome of if I say this now, does that take away my credibility to be on a, a Latin podcast network? You know, so ironically, I think me pushing past that discomfort and then you and the whole team welcoming it with open arms and celebrating it, you know, with me, I think was like the last sort of piece of my old self that I needed to shed before I can truly be honest and vulnerable and, and represent myself in the most authentic way, you know, so that's why it is so incredibly special. And, and Michael Thura as a whole and the whole team and everybody behind it, it you know, holds such a big place in my heart. Absolutely. There's so many topics that you cover on Life as a Gringo. A lot of the topics that I love and I think are important conversations to have, one you mentioned earlier was language. Yeah. I think one of your first episodes was with your parents. Uh-huh. You didn't grow up learning Spanish. Yeah. And you know, one of the things about my cultura is that we say language doesn't define how Latino, Latina, Latine you are, right? Mm -hmm. It's culture. Cultura. Mm -hmm. And there is, like you mentioned, that shame around not knowing the language or not speaking it perfectly. I think mm -hmm. even myself, yes, I'm bilingual. And when I'm in rooms with native speakers, I do get a little bit nervous because they're mm -hmm. like, if you don't speak it perfectly, right. you're going to get that side eye. So I think there's a lot of conversation still around that. But tell me about that episode in particular and why that conversation was important for you to have with your parents and to basically put it out there for the listeners. Yeah, I think ironically, it's probably the first time we've ever really had that conversation. And we just happened to it in in front of microphones and recording, which I think it was a part of that process. My goal with all of this really was like, just keep digging deeper, keep digging deeper into the vulnerability, your honesty, like that's what's really gonna connect with people, you know, going out on this journey and taking the risk of like really going all in on podcasting. It was like, because I wanna make sure I'm making a difference and I'm, I'm representing people and I'm making people feel seen. So part of that is like really just being unafraid to throw myself out there and put myself in the fire, you know? And part of that was then having that conversation with my parents and making sure we're recording it for, for other people to relate to it. You know, it's it's difficult because your parents, your parents, you love them, you're grateful for everything, but it's difficult to have some of those harder conversations of like, why didn't you do this? You know what I mean? I, you know, I've held on to this for so long because you never did this. And, you know, obviously it's not like I had some crazy traumatic childhood as a result of this, but I think there is sort of parts of myself that wishes that I had a little bit more of that confidence. And I wonder what it would have been like to have it at a younger age, you know, to feel that connection at a younger age, you know, then also hearing their mindset, you know, I think was important to showcase as well, right? Where it's not just a one-sided story, you know, and them being able to sort of express maybe some of the feelings of not wanting me to be alienated from my peers, you know, going into a school that wasn't predominantly Spanish speaking, you know, that didn't have a large Latin population. So making sure that I didn't have an accent and the things that might hold me back from being seen as as just, you know, your everyday kid there and having the same opportunities, you know? So I think there are, are, are certain conversations around that. And I think people probably related to it because I, I hear a lot of feedback in about that episode in particular. I think just because, like I said, I wanted to humanize my parents a bit as well 
basketball, I think was like the bigger goal within it, right? We we see our parents oftentimes as these like superheroes that are supposed to have all the answers, you know, but when I think back, it's like, okay, my dad had me, you know, he was in his 20s. Like, what the hell? I wouldn't have known what the hell to do with a kid in my 20s, you know, when I think back to that time period. So I think conversations like that are really important in the bigger context when we zoom out of like how we think about our relationship with our parents, the things that we might be holding against them, but also humanizing them, knowing that we're all just, you know, trying our best here and mistakes are going to happen. And I think, you know, as a result of that episode, our relationship grew and we got a lot closer and it becomes easier and easier, you know, so I hope that putting that on display and, and that's why I love that episode, maybe encourage some other people to have some other conversations with their parents, be it the same topic or just others, but just being able to kind of get that connection and get some of those answers that I think a lot of us are searching for, but maybe oftentimes are a bit too afraid to, to ask about. Yeah, and there's a, a lot of reasons that parents sometimes have for not passing down Spanish. Mm -hmm. You know, their experience as immigrants here is something that wasn't a great experience. And sure. so they want their children to, to learn English. And we do, right? And, and, mm -hmm. and our lives are lived in English. Mm -hmm. And then for some of us, like, yes, the language in Spanish is great. And I think, again, that's why My Cultura doesn't say that all our shows need to be in Spanish because English is really how we consume our content. It is how we're living our lives. And this conversation about No Sabo kids, right? That's come into popularity uh, recently. Can you define uh, what that is and why you're diving into those conversations? Yeah. So I think, you know, as my understanding, it's it's really just sort of a funny way of, of describing people who don't speak perfect Spanish, essentially, right? So like No Sabo less is probably how somebody respond. Obviously, it's not perfect Spanish, right? So it's, you know what point you're trying to get across, but you don't know how to actually perfectly say it, right? And that's sort of the joke about it. And I think it, it speaks perfectly to that sort of middle gray area where it's like, you know, just enough Spanish to like be a part of the conversation, but you're also going to be like picked apart within the conversation, you know? And I think that that is sort of the gist of it. And I think it's an important conversation that I keep having because I keep running into it in different ways, be it the feedback I get from listeners talking about how they share in that experience or even me personally you know when i travel to puerto rico which you know i've done a lot over the last year i make it a point to try and speak in spanish everywhere i go and i see sometimes some people are receptive even if i'm not speaking it perfectly but others then like the minute that i i don't say something grammatically correct they start speaking to me in english and refuse to speak to me in spanish from there right so it's like that conversation still needs to keep happening because obviously there is some sort of disconnect still within the community of like the second you're not perfect within your spanish it's like they take away your latin card and now you're back to being a gringo, right? So I keep speaking about it because I want to be a representative for people. I want people to know I'm still on that journey. And I think it still is this thing that we are like struggling with to a degree, many of us when we are around native Spanish speaking people. Yeah, it's definitely an important conversation. My dad works in B2B marketing. But I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure, I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. 
Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hermosi, Layla Hermosi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, chief marketing and growth officer at AT AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. You're also talking quite a bit about finances and financial literacy, which I think is also super important for our community. You know, you've teamed up with State Farm, one of our sponsors, to do a lot of financial literacy videos and conversations. Why did you gravitate towards that topic? Why was that important to you? I think for me, the biggest stressor that I can remember as a kid growing up, like within the dynamic of my parents, it was always around money. It was around not having enough money, overspending, not being able to do what we wanted to do. And and there always was just some sort of issue surrounding money. It's a lack of education, right? Which I know now, but you know, at the time, not realizing that other people were being brought up, taught about what makes up a credit score or getting a credit card, you know, their parents opening a credit card, a joint credit card with them to help build up their credit, right? Or saving for college tuition or or saving in general, right? Like these sort of practices, you know, my parents specifically on my mom's side, like my grandmother never had a bank account. They kept money under the mattress, you know what I mean? So like what financial literacy are they gonna pass down to then my mom? Like nothing, right? So she's figuring it out on the spot and that's pre-internet, you know, and school, public school systems don't do a great job of prioritizing these things. So it's not information that's readily available unless for generations, 
your family has been educating themselves on this as homeowners and things of that nature, right? But my parents, you know, my mom was the, the first homeowner on her side of the family, you know what I mean? So these are all things that they're all learning on the spot. And as a result of learning on the spot, myself included, like I got into financial trouble early on with credit cards and, and things like that. And, you know, for me, for a long time, I assumed that I would never be able to buy a home on my own, that I would have to basically go under my spouse's name, you know, when I eventually got married. And I remember going apartment hunting and like the second they give you the application being like, all right, they're not, I know they're not going to approve me. I won't even bother, you know, and that's just being really frustrating in my life. So I made it a point to turn that around, you know, and I was fortunate enough at the time to get connected through the breakfast club with somebody who was a, a credit repair specialist and working with them it educated me on on the process of finances of what makes up a credit score. And, you know, then I paid down everything. I got my credit up and then I learned about pushing myself to saving and I want to buy a house. What does that take? Right. So going on this journey and recognizing like I just changed the entire course of my life and future generations, potentially of my children and things like that, just by going on this journey of doing the hard work to educating myself. Right. My life is completely different. It's in a far better situation than I could have ever imagined because of this. You know, I'm not relying on anybody else. So I recognize the value in that and I want to pass it down. Like for me, it's always about throwing the ladder back down once I've sort of, you know, reached whatever climax I'm going for. And that's why I've made it a, a point of conversation because I want to make sure people are focusing in on the things that actually are going to have the most substantial change to their life, right? If we're talking about breaking generational curses, like these are core things that we have to learn about and do if we really want to get to a, a better place. And as a community, if we really want to have a seat at the table, you know, having people who are in, in great positions financially is the only way that's really going to do so. You've also talked about relationships. There's a crossover episode with Amara La Negra that is just mm. so hilarious. And you guys talk about toxicas and toxicos and, and all that juicy stuff about being in relationships. Is there an episode that stands out as one of your favorites? Mm, one of my favorite episodes. Actually, yeah, the one that I did with Frankie Quinones is one of my favorite ones. His story is so incredible to me. Like he was somebody who was like on his couch till he was in his mid thirties. He's like sleeping on a friend's couch till his mid thirties, right? Just trying to hold his dream alive. And I, I just found that psychotic, but like psychotic in the most inspiring way. Like, and, and I, I loved hearing that story because it, to me it was just like, you know, it was somebody who just fell in love with what he does so much that he was willing to give it his all. It was so profound to see somebody now who's seeing an incredible amount of success, well-earned success with the show on Hulu, This Fool. He has the podcast as well. And I think just hearing his firsthand experience to me it was just like a touching reminder of why I do what I do, you know, because I felt inspired by it. I got a lot of feedback from other people about how it was the inspiration that they needed in that moment as well, you know. So I think that being able to have a platform to share these stories, you know, is, is so incredibly important because sometimes that's all we need, right? Sometimes we just need somebody who looks like us or sounds like us or comes from our background to remind us that it is possible, right? And that the hardships that you're going through are incredibly normal and you're not by yourself within that. You just have to push a little bit further, right? And it's why movies like the Flaming Hot movie are, are so impactful. And that was like a, a huge movie for me that I was crying and, and felt so inspired afterwards, right? Like these are just moments that I think we all need every once in a while to keep us on our on our journey and on our path and to feel seen so i feel like i was able to contribute one of those moments to some of our listeners and that's incredible for me yeah and i think that's why my cultura exists right so that people can see us telling our stories and sort of leading the narrative, right? And a lot of the times we don't get to tell our stories and My Cultura is offering creators from different parts of the country an opportunity to tell that and, and different kinds of stories, right? Yes. As you look forward to 
Dramos, the content creator. What's next? Yeah. Where do you sort of see yourself in the next couple of years? I definitely want to expand in in more in-person type of things. You know, I would, I've been doing some speaking engagements and things like that to really just be able to touch the community in a real way, though. Step outside of the normal corporate speaking gig type of thing and, and try to connect with people where they are and inspire people in that way. You know, I've been also building a wellness brand where we do, you know, group mentorship and, and coaching and, and trying to inspire, you know, members of our community. And, and that's been really fulfilling and seeing just the way that people's lives have been changing just over the course of a few months from from having conversations and just having somebody to feed off of, I think has been incredible. And then I think, you know, beyond that, I want to do more things where I'm not necessarily behind the microphone or in front of the camera. I want to be able to give other people from our community the opportunity to have their voice heard or to bring their stories to life. You know, so I think I've been blessed with a lot of doors slammed in my face and as well as a lot of, you know, beautiful opportunities like this one where I have a lot of lessons that I can teach to other people, a lot of a lot of experience that I can shed on others to help them on their journey and maybe make it just a bit easier than mine was. So that's definitely the bigger vision is to be able to start helping others bring their ideas to life as well. Yeah. And I think it's a good reminder for us that like we are inspiring the next mm -hmm. generation, right? Like I know for myself, I'm like, oh, I'm just here listening to podcasts and like yeah. watching shows, but it is good to hear sometimes that, you know, you are making a difference or that the show really touched somebody. And I know for me, it's just a reminder that we are doing important work, right? And making mm -hmm. a difference. With that, I would love for you to give some advice to folks that, you know, want to follow in your footsteps, that want to launch a podcast, that want to be a content creator. What sort of advice do you have for them? I always think like, you got to lead with authenticity, right? You got to lead with what really speaks to you. You know, I think it's, it's easy to get hung up in trying to recreate what's popular and, and all those different things. But, you know, this is a grind. And if you don't truly have a passion or a love for it, it's going to be very easy to sort of walk away and quit, you know, if, if it's not something you genuinely believe in, you know what I mean? And and I'm fortunate that, you know, I feel like I've sort of found my voice and, and it's allowed me to push past the more difficult moments, you know, and I think that's probably the biggest thing. I think a lot of people also forget that their unique experience add something fresh. You know, I think that it's a lot of people get caught up in thinking everything's already been done or that they have to be somebody else. And they're sort of missing their greatest asset, which is their lived experience, their very unique vantage point. You know, I think that that's the greatest thing that you could bring to the table. You know, that that's been my experience. The more I've become me and the more I've displayed myself and led with that, the more opportunities have begun to present themselves, you know, and I'm grateful that I to kind of figure that out. And, and I, that's the biggest thing I would say is like, I always say authenticity is your superpower. And the second thing I always say is if you don't see it, create it. You know, uh, for me, that is exactly what life is a gringo and this whole journey I've been on is just that, you know, I, I found my voice. And then I tried to convince other people, you know, in, in radio that they should give me an opportunity or that we should create this. They didn't see the vision. So I went and created it somewhere else. Right. I didn't wait for somebody to tell me that now is OK or that they agree with it. You know, I, I had a vision and I went out and, and created it. And, you know, luckily other people saw that vision. But I think those are the, the two biggest things, you know, is lead with your authentic self create the thing that you want to see. And I think those are the two things that are going to kind of help you sort of weather the storms that you're inevitably going to face on your on your journey to finding success and to getting wherever you want to be. Absolutely. And I would just add, be bold, take chances, yeah. write that email, mm -hmm. slide into that DM. Who better to advocate for you than, than you, right? There's a little tidbit, I'll, I'll squeeze in there on that note. One of the listeners of Life is a Gringo, like one of the day one people, 
she's now my business partner because she was bold enough to like keep being on me every episode giving me feedback sending me her resume asking if i needed a virtual assistant when i got to the point where i could hire a virtual assistant she's the person that i hit up and now like we've become business partners in my wellness brand right so it's like it is that boldness you know and being unafraid to say this is what i want and this is what i can offer so i i love that you mentioned that i, I want a little but I want to add, add to that story. I love that. See, yeah. persistence and putting yourself out there. It, it's definitely yeah. important. One fun fact about Dramos and I, we share the same birthday. So, yes. you know, Aquarius <laughs> here coming at yeah. you. <laughs> Ramos, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. We love having you as part of our network. Thank You're doing you. amazing things and we're so, so proud of you. Just a reminder that The Street Stoic Season 2 comes out October 23rd and mm -hmm. you can catch Life as a Gringo every Tuesday and Thursday on My Cultura. Thank you so much for chatting with me and for telling your story. I know it's going to be like super valuable for people to hear. Thank you so much. Podversations is a production of iHeartRadio. You can find more from the biggest names in podcasting on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Su. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast.